yeah. So as you can tell by the song, I guess you can tell by the song, we're going to talk about a message I did, we were talking about 2016, as far as back maybe 2010, about the evidence shown about the Red Sea crossing. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And we got about half an hour because the cooks need the time they can make sure they get their meal ready for us. So hopefully we'll get that done. And this is the edited version. So <laughs> so let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about miracles that you've done in the past. And thank you for how that we can understand that even though those were written a time for their learning, we can also learn from that as well. We just thank you for what you've done. And in Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to be talking about the Red Sea tonight and the Red Sea crossing. And in Romans 15.4 it says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Now, many times there are many routes that people believe the Exodus happened. And you can see as up in here, you can tell... You can go through down to the lower part. You can go through this. They got them all over the place. They got multiple different ways. And I'm going to give you a route, at least show you a route, that shows evidence that good chance this might be the route. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And then think about the Exodus. We all, and we're going to start, we're not going to go through the Joseph we're thinking we're going to start right about Exodus 12, 7. And then in Numbers 33, 1 says, These are the journeys of the children of Israel, which went forth out of the land of Egypt with their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. And Moses wrote their goings out according to the journeys by the commandment of the Lord. And these are the journeys according to their goings out. And they departed from Ramesses, in the first month of the 15th day of the, the first month, on the morrow after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with a high hand in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians buried all their firstborn. Remember, that was the last plague, right? About the firstborn being killed. And then which the Lord had smitten among them upon the, their gods, also the Lord executed judgment. And the children of Israel removed from Ramesses and pitched in Sukkoth. Now, think about this. And we're not just talking about Egypt or where the pyramids and all that are, or out of Ramesses. It's like we have a whole country that has to meet up someplace. It's similar, I thought about, well, it's like the whole Iron Range is going to go on a journey and we're all going to meet in Virginia. Right? Got to have a starting spot. Why the starting spot? Why Sukkoth? Now, in Sukkoth, was located in a central location, as you see, as you can work your way down. They come all out of Goshen, and they meet in Sukkoth, or they also had a name of Tharra. Why that spot? Josephus, who is an Israeli, 
Jewish historian, says, As a military man, once again, Moses knew of Tharu, and it was here that he organized his largest army ever for travel. And from here, they traveled to Etham. Why Sekuth is even the Egyptian armies, when they went to war, they all, we'll go back here, started here. So they would all gather from all different locations. They had a starting spot. Sukkoth was the starting spot. Now, as they took off and started the walk, now they sojourned the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt for 430 years. So Joseph's promise, or even Abraham's promise, that if you figure out the timeline, that they will be in Egypt for 430 years, And it came to pass, at the end of the 430 years, that very day, even the self-same day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt that same day. Now, as they were walking out and thing, it says in Psalms 105.37, it says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among the tribes. So you think about them being enslaved. The Bible says that there wasn't a feeble person on. These guys were fit. They were ready to go. And they took the silver and gold with them. So they got money too. So they, got, they took everything with them. And it also says in Exodus 19.4, it says, We have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself eagle's wings, well used many times in the word of God. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. So they say they're going to go to, they're going to take off, they're going to start in Sukkoth, and they're going to work their way to Etham. And then a lot of times, one of the roads was typically would go through, up through the Palestine over here, and that the reason they didn't, and the Bible says, I don't have the verse, says the reason the Lord didn't send them that way is because they were afraid that they would turn around. And they would turn around and go back to Egypt. So the Lord took them a separate way. This was a common route until they started working to Etham and then started to go south on that. So the wilderness, it talks about um, they went through the wilderness of sin which is, and there's a lot of, we can have a lot of debate on, it was it up here where, they, where the Red Sea was crossing, or the crossing, or was it down here? There's multiple, we can, that's another day, we can talk about that. And the Lord said, he went for them by the day in a pillar of a cloud, and led them in the way by night, by the pillar of fire, and they gave them light to go by day and night. And you think about that, it would be kind of a cool sight. I mean, this is just a picture of it, of something, but I think they said when the people left, they figured there was about 75 came in to Goshen with Joseph when they brought. When they left, it could be about 2.5 million people by the time they started to make the move out of Egypt. So the pillow, you had the, you had, uh, you had the cloud by day, and then you had the pillar of fire by night, and which would be kind of 
pretty nice. And we'll come back to those at the end of this message. And it said, And the Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go, we beseech thee, three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. So they were in the wilderness of sin, or of Sinai, that's where Sinai sinned, and that for three days. Now, people have estimated that if you walk in, you can walk because they're going day and night. The pillar of cloud by day, some think that it could have blocked the sun out a little bit and made it easier to walk during the day. Remember, these guys are feeble. They're ready to go, you know. And by night as well. So they're going day and night. And that you could walk three miles an hour comfortably and easily make it to down to this beach down in this area. And they departed from Sukkoth and pitched in Ethan, which was the edge of the wilderness. And they removed from Ethan and turned again, and they went south to Piharoharoth, I'm sure I butchered that, which is before Baal-Saphon, and they pitched before Migdal. Now, as you look at, there is only one route that would have brought you down to this area. And that it would be through these areas, which call wadis, wadi with tears, old dried up riverbeds, would have brought you down. And it's kind of important because it'll, you'll see why down the line. So they camped before Piharu, Exodus 14.1, or the mouth of the hole of the canyon. And you can see that down, it obviously works its way right down to the beach area here. And that as they're going down, this is what you're looking at. This is old dried up river. You've got thousand foot cliffs on each side. And they're working their way through these areas. You think about, okay, we're following the pillar of cloud. And as it goes through, it, we can't see in front of us. Can't see what's going on. Kind of plays into trusting the Lord with all thine heart, right? Lead on to understanding. You just got to walk by faith, step by step. And as you continue through this area, and it's still, you have thousand foot cliffs on each side, and you work your way, and you think about, they don't know where they're going. They're just following the pillar. And all of a sudden, you work your way out, and you, you see the ocean. And then Josephus comes in, and he talks about this years ago, years later. He said, For there was on each side the ridge of mountains, that terminated at the sea, which was impassable by reason of their roughness and obstructed their flight. Now, as you look at this beach called Nueva Beach, you can see that on each side, as they work their way out, it terminates at the ocean. You're kind of, you're kind of stuck. Even though there's roads now, and down the line we'll talk about that a little bit later, but... You can see how it just terminates at the beach. Now this Nueva Beach is roughly two miles wide, deep, five miles wide. Two by five, basically what you're looking at. More than enough to put two to 2.5 million people on the beach. And when you're looking back and you can see 
when the, as you look back towards the wadi or the dried up riverbed, you can see how all through here, you know, you came out through the mouth. And in Exodus it says, they camp between Migdal and the sea. Exodus 14.2. Migdal is a fortified city or tower. And then Solomon even talks about Migdal down the line. But in Migdal, it's typically on your, would be on the, this side of it. And it was shown many times, and still today, there's a fortified fort that still is in that area. So they basically had a fort kind of on this side. And then as you continue, um, so as you go through the beach area, you got 2.5 million people kind of in this area. So as Pharaoh was looking at this, and because from, and you can read Josephus talks about they would have had, Egyptians would have had spies kind of following them. And they would have been up high. They could see what's going on. And they would report back to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh it talks about in Exodus 14.3, it says, they are entangled in the land of wilderness and it has shut them up or shut them in. Now, if you look at that, and we talked about it, how you could come up with that conclusion. Here they are. They just left Egypt. They're on a three-day journey. They show up at this beach, and then they kind of see that they're, I'm sure we're saying, we're entangled too. So as it goes, as you look at, again, you're going through the dry riverbed, kind of shows you the path by which they were going. They show up at Nueva Beach. And that, um, so, and Josephus talks about it, the word of God talks about it as well. Now when the Egyptians had overtaken the Hebrews, so what happened was, uh, Pharaoh didn't like what's going on and even talks about how the Lord, you know, antagonized or got Pharaoh upset and said, we're going to take, we're going to go get them. We're going to get our money back, basically. We're going to get our slaves back. We're going to go get them, or we're going to destroy them. So, now when the Egyptians had overtaken the Hebrews, so they prepared to fight them. So, they were coming down the same Wadi Retir. There's only one way to get to this place, right? They were still coming down. Egyptians were coming down the riverbed. And as they were coming down the riverbed, and then I'm sure they were... I mean, the Israelites were just sitting there, and I'm sure they knew, eventually, no, they were coming. It says, the Hebrews, they prepared to fight them, and by the multitude, they drove them into a narrow place, which would fit this landscape. For the number that pursued them was 600 chariots with 50,000 horsemen and 200,000 footmen. If you add it all up, it's, and it comes up about 250-some uh, thousand, coming at 2.5 million. Wherefore, so the, the Egyptians pressed upon the Hebrews with their army, where the ridges of the mountains were closed with the sea. And we're talking about that, that fits the landscape again. Which army they placed and chopped of the mountains so that they might deprive them of any passage of the plain. 
So basically what they were doing is they sure had, I'm guessing they had, even if this was a path, they had some people over here as well as over in this area. Basically, they were caught. What are you going to do on that? And then, as this was transpiring, it's typical, you know, we started to get upset. And it says, because there were, you know, the Israelites says, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Isn't that typically a lot of times how we act? When trials and difficulties come our way, and we get angry, we don't trust, we have our eyes not looking to the Lord, right? So in their case, I figured it out, they had like 251,000 Egyptians coming down the pike at them. Now there's two forms of thinking on it, and, um, and we'll get right to that in a second. So as they were sitting, and they're looking out, I'm sure, at the ocean, and they're looking across at the Saudi site, which is 10 miles away, and you got this huge ocean in front of you, right? And they started to get angry. And then Moses says, and Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today, For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more, forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. It's kind of to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Basically, shut up and trust God, you know. So, at that time, then, in Exodus 14 says, And the angel of God went before the camp of Israel. Removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camps of Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and a darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near to the other. There's two, two frames of thought on that part. My thought was, if the pillar of fire went to the back or smoke went back, why can't the Egyptians go around it? It's there. It's a pillar of fire. Is it 100 miles wide? Is it what? Why can't they go around it? Well, two, two frames of thoughts that I thought of. And they, it, shows. it shows that possibly Israel was on the southern part of this land mass and the Egyptians were on the top part, north side. So that's one thing where the pillar of fire would have went back and then it would only have to be two miles wide. Right? You can't go towards the mountains. You can't go towards the ocean. That's one option. Other option is that the wadi, if they were coming down the pike and the Lord stopped them before they got to the land mass, right? In my mind, the pillar of fire comes right down, stops right at the wadi, right at the mouth, done deal. Not going over, you know, separating them. And if you want to, here's the the better version. Oh yeah, I like that one. No. (laughs) So, 
In verse 14, 14, 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up the rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So when Moses did this, this beach is called Nueva el Musiana, or Musiana, whatever. Close enough. But what does that mean? It means water of Moses opening. Another evidence fact of maybe this might be the spot. This is what the name of the place is. So as Moses raised up the hands and the water separated and the Israelites started to make a move and they started to go down. Now as I said before, it was 10 miles across. In this Sea of Aqaba, of the Red Sea, there is a, they call it a saddle. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But then the saddle is that You've got to have a spot where you can walk across with two and a half million people, with carts, with horses, whatever, and it's got to be fairly like a pave. It's got to be sand. It's got to be, can't be a bunch of boulders where they've got to work their way around and all that. In this area, on Nueva Beach, as it's going from the side to side, there is a saddle. There's a land bridge, and that land bridge is right here. And on this land bridge, it shows that as it starts, as they started walking, it goes down at a five degree angle. And I'm sure semi drivers, you know, think isn't that a perfect kind of a pitch with slowing down, going down a hill? They prefer about a five degree angle. As it goes down, it lands. As it's from the Egyptian side to the Saudi side, this area right here has the land bridge. Now, how deep does this go? Half a mile. It goes down. So I could ima- couldn't imagine, as you started walking down this five-degree grade, and even on this one, as it starts to go down, it work your way down at a five degree grade, which is real easy walking. It reaches down to half a mile and then starts working its way back up. Could you imagine, can you imagine what the walls of water would have been like? I mean, you're up there, you know, on that. So as this continued, and it talked about as the east wind started to blow, it started, it created, all night it created uh, the walls, the water to open up, and they started to make a move. They started moving down, started working their way, and many times you think about it, you know, how it might look, you know, and as it's starting to make, as the pillar of fire is protecting they're making a move. And then, then after they crossed, 
um, it says in verse 23, And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and the trouble the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels and they drove them heavily. That means they're kind of like drunk. They were just all over the place. So that the Egyptians said, let us flee from this face of Israel. For the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over that the waters may come again, that the Egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So they are already on the other side, ten miles away. Egyptian armies coming down the river, or down the river, down the dry ground. They're probably thinking, We got them. And Moses raises his hands up and shuts them out. And Moses stretched forth his hands over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength when the morning appeared. And the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the hosts of the Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remaineth not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them. See, he repeats this twice, on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people were feared People feared the Lord or reverenced the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. They caught it. They saw it and they caught it. (laughs) What was going on? Now, as you think about it, as the waves are going and tried, it says Israel or Egypt tried to flee and they couldn't and they were swallowed up. And many times, I'm sure there were artifact bodies everything floating everywhere, down, whatever, where the ocean was just packed with stuff. And then in 15.1 says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and will prepare him in habitation, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So there is compelling evidence that this is the crossing. While even though the landscape fits the Bible text in many degrees, but archaeologically, they have found pillars, Philistine-type pillars. And there was a pillar on, the, on this right side as you're looking at it. It's, they, re, they erected it again, and they found that pillar. And then across on the other side of the Saudi, on the Saudi side, 
they also was a pillar. Well, who put these pillars there? And on these pillars, they found these inscriptions they could see. They could, Pharaoh, Egypt, Moses, death, water, Yahweh, Solomon, Edom. And they think that Solomon erected them as a memorial to the Red Sea crossing. And those pillars, at least that one, is still there today. So there's evidential proof as well that this could be the site. Now, in the Egyptian army, as they were, you know, they said, what, 600 chariots, right? Many of the times, the chariots kind of looked like this. Now, there were six wheel, there were um, four wheels, that was, which would have been more the pharaohs. Um, this type of chariot was used in the 18th dynasty, which they think was when the exodus happened. Now, in, let's see if we can go back here. As you're looking across this land mass, or water mass, spewn all through this is coral growth. Now remember, it was sand, it was a sand beach, right? Dry ground, it was all sand. It was a land. It was a saddle. I didn't say that. Even it was down uh, half a mile in the middle, just to the left or the right of this land bridge. It's thousands of feet deeper. This is the only spot in this whole area that has this land bridge. All the rest are thousands of deep deeper. So as you think about it, sand, if it's sand, let's talk about coral. Coral needs something to attach to. Coral needs a rock to attach to. Coral does not attach itself to sand. It has to have an object. Also, coral does not do 90 degree angles. It's just wherever. It's obviously attaching itself to something. On the Egyptian side there is coral. And in that coral, you will see coral, coral outcroppings that just doesn't belong. On this, it was taken a picture. You would think that's not, uh, the coral didn't create that. That looks to me, what the picture up the upper right is, is two wheels and a spoke. Right? There is also coral that did this whole wheel. And what it is, is the coral eats everything alive and it becomes the shape of the object it is, is creating. So to me, that looks like a four-spoke wheel. I don't know. Could be evidence towards that. In this one, you see a six-wheel tire or wheel that is totally coral engulfed. Now... Egyptian law says you cannot take anything up from the Red Sea, especially coral. So they cannot pick these things up and bring them in and check them out. But they have done metal detecting because the wheels had metal in them and they pick up on many of these Geiger counter picks up metal in them. Another one here is kind of a tire with a spoke 
Here's another one with kind of the same scenario. And then these are just pictures that people have taken when they're down checking for this. Then the one that they really would like to get after is this one. It's a four-spoke wheel, even though it doesn't show it much. It is gold-gilded plated, and they firmly believe that the only one that would be using that one would be the pharaoh. And it does say, I forget, I forget, I had the verse, I didn't, I forgot it, and talked about how the pharaoh, what went with it. They were, he was leading the troops. And a good chance he died as well. And then on the Saudi side, they saw outcroppings or coral growth that was similar to the Egyptian side. And one of these are this one here. And that it shows, it's a bad, pretty dark. It looks like a chariot with a wheel right there. So you remember what the Bible Lord did? Remember he took the wheels off? Whoops. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do we do here? Yeah, I know I'm trying. Uh, okay. Paul. <laughs> How do we get back? So, they had these there. And you remember the Lord said he took the wheels off? Now, they found this one 400 yards before the Saudi side. So, I'm guessing the person on this one was going, I'm here, I'm going, I'm getting them. It fell off. <laughs> you know, I bet. <laughs> so, you think about this. Even though we were here, we learned about the miracle of Moses and the crossing of the Red Sea, but how does it affect us in some way? And you think about how the Bible many times uses stories to show us, and even I I just in my mind I keep thinking, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Kind of sounds like the pillar of fire, doesn't it? could be very synonymous to it. When they're walking through the wadi with tear, and then I says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. They couldn't see a lick what was going on. They just had to keep going, right? So how about I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me? As they're sitting there, hopelessly going to die in their mind, the Lord still took care of them and can take care of us. And in a sense of even, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he has begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Christ. The Lord brought them through it like he can bring us through it. And then even as they were looking across, and said, faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. No different in Moses' time as in our time. No different the miracle, and even though this was a mighty miracle, it pales in comparison to creation, to how God takes care of us daily, and how he will continually take care of us. And the miracles performed there. 
So as we think about it, as they made their way across, obviously the rest is his story, God's story. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the examples of the Moses and the Red Sea crossing. And we thank you for how even we see possible physical evidence of what you've done. We, by faith, just need to take it. And we can just take your word by faith and believe the same way. Thank you for tonight and the fellowship we can have together. In Jesus' name.